Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh Muslim Masjid presents Tea with Mufti Sharing beautiful reflections through the lens of Islam I'm Ustaz Abdul Matin And I'm here with our Mufti of Singapore Sahib Samaha Dr. Nazruddin Muhammad Nasir Assalamualaikum Mufti You know, being in Rabiul Awal, the month of Rabiul Awal The point of discussion usually revolves around the Prophet wasallam. And in fact, this is actually the month where our beloved Prophet Muhammad was born, uh, his birth month. So speaking about the Prophet ﷺ himself, what do you find about the Prophet that means so much to you? Uh, I don't know where to start. You know, the with regards to the Prophet ﷺ, peace be upon him, uh, you know, his place and status in the life of Muslims in our lives is just beyond description. Uh, you know, uh, we are asked to say the prayers and blessings upon the Prophet. And this is one act that, in you know, one thing I learned from my teachers when I was learning, you know, Islam in, uh, overseas, is that the Quranic injunction to express the blessings upon the Prophet is one act which even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself performs. The ayat that we always hear in uh, khutbah in the sermon, Inna wa Indeed, Allah and the angels say the blessings upon the Prophet And we know the scholars explain that As-salatu min Allahi ar-rahmah Wa min al-malaika istighfar Wa min al-mu'minin ad-du'a So from Allah, it's the rahmah Allah's mercy on the Prophet But it's something that Allah does So, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu Sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima So, we ask those who believe to always say the blessings upon the Prophet So, he's always there And in many ways, we remember the Prophet not only because we need his guidance to live our lives as, as good Muslims, but also we remember his life, which is always um, to us, reminds us of uh, all his sacrifices. If you read very carefully about his seerah, his history, you will not find a moment where the Prophet is in a state of anything that resembles our state now of you know, comfort and and luxury, you know, and, you know, a very easy life. From very young to the moment he died, his life was at a personal level full of challenges, but also at a level of, as a messenger of God, uh, full of sacrifices and difficulties. But the one thing that, you know, whether you look at, when you asked me about what is uh, most, you know, meaningful to me or, you know, what really strikes me most, everywhere you look, from all the sources about the Prophet, whether the, what the Quran, says about the Prophet what the Prophet himself says in his hadith and what we find in the hadith about people who say about the Prophet and also you know the the praises and the madah you know the the kind of descriptions of the Prophet everything about it is if you may summarize it I think it's what Allah says in uh, Surah Al-Anbiya <laughs> so we have not sent you except as a rahmah as a mercy you know Today, compassion, rahmah, mercy, we hear it a lot. Right? But we all know that if you want to be a compassionate human being, that is the most difficult thing. And to be consistent in being compassionate. We can be compassionate, you know, when we see a, you know, especially we relate compassion with helping. Or you have a, your heart melts at looking at someone going through struggles. And as today, we on social media, we see a lot of these videos and then sometimes we cry and then we feel, wow, this is... It fleets, you know, it's fleeting, so it, it goes away, right? But the compassion of the Prophet 
was extremely consistent in every single thing that he did and every single thing that he he taught. And that's the most difficult teaching that I think we have to strive to embody. But that is our goal. You know, the way he dealt with his family, the way he dealt with his companions, the way he dealt with even his adversaries, his enemies, his society. And also in every single step of the way, you know, his, even in the laws of Islam that he teaches, it's always about how will this affect my community? How will this affect them, right? In fact, you know, the the one of the most beautiful uh, hadith we know when the Prophet ﷺ wept, he cried when he read uh, Dua Nabi Ibrahim salam in the Quran, Rabbi inna hunna adlalna kathira minan nas, faman tabi'ani fa'innahu minni, waman asani fa'innaka ghafuru rahim. So he read about Nabi Ibrahim. Nabi Ibrahim prayed to Allah. This is recorded in the Quran, his prayer. Oh my Lord, uh, the idols. Inna hunna, the idols have led astray a lot of the, you know, kathira minan nas, a lot of people. Faman tabi'ani fa'innahu minni. Those who follow me, follow Nabi Ibrahim to worship you, O oh Allah, they are one of me. فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَصَانِي But those who disobey me, فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورُ rahim. By way of no, not worshipping you, O Allah, then you are most forgiving, Forgive. most merciful. I leave, I leave them to you. But it's up to you. It's up to you, Allah. And then the Prophet ﷺ then read the dua or prayer of Nabi Isa ﷺ in Surah Al-Ma'idah. إِن تُعَذِّبْهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ عِبَادُكُ So Nabi Isa, Jesus ﷺ, he, when he preached, so some followed him, like Nabi Ibrahim, some did not. And he said, In tu'adzibhum, those who didn't follow me, if you want to punish them, فَإِنَّهُمْ عِبَادُكْ They are your servants. So again, it's up to you, O Allah. وَإِن تَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ But if you forgive them, then indeed you are most exalted and most wise. Right? So, you know, he, when the Prophet ﷺ read about Nabi Ibrahim and the prayer for his ummah, and Nabi Isa, the prayer for his ummah, the Prophet wept. So he cried. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith sent uh, Malika Jibril alayhi salam, the angel Jibril alayhi salam to the Prophet and asked, why did you cry? He said, Allahumma ummati ummati. You know, so what will happen to my ummah? So if this is what Nabi Ibrahim spoke about his people and this is what Nabi Isa spoke about his people, what about my people? And he was very, very concerned and worried for them. And then Allah spoke through the angel Jibril alayhi salam to tell the Prophet sallallahu inna Tell the Prophet that we will make him be contented with his ummah. That your ummah will do good so that you will feel good and we will not you know, do something bad to you by way of protecting your ummah, your community. So day and night, the Prophet only thought about how best to bring goodness to people, to make them happy uh, in this world and hereafter. And that is all that he did every time and even the laws and, and the teachings. He was about mending relations. He was about spreading kindness. He was about mercy and compassion. And all that, it's really about, you know, persuading people to become better people. And this is exactly what Allah says when Allah describes the Prophet لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِمْ عَنِتُمْ حَرِيصٌ عَلَيْكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِمْ عَنِتُمْ Which means it's very concerned. Yeah, I always say this in the Arabic usage of the word Aziz. We sometimes use it to refer to a friend, a very dear friend, you know. So when you say, for example, I say, uh, Abdul Matin, Azizun Alayya, 
That means you are very special, you know. So please, when you all hear this, don't hurt his feelings because I will get very upset. So Aziz, he's not just a friend or he's not just like, you know, I care for you, but it's, I really, you know, I can feel your emotions. So Azizun alayhi ma'anitum. So whatever you suffer, whatever troubles you have, it affects the Prophet, you know. So, and that is why he never wanted anything that will hurt you or he never wanted anything that will uh, trouble you and also burden you. He did want that. And that is the essence of his teachings. And harisun alaykum, he always wanted the best for you. Haris, again, like, and harisun alayk, you know, when I tell you, for example, as a parent, you need to tell a child, you, know, you have to study, please study. And the child says, no, I don't want to study. You know, you know, want to play games, for example. <laughs> but you are concerned. That element of concern, like parents to the child. The Prophet had that element of concern. He wanted everyone to be safe. And bil rahim, gentle and merciful, compassionate to the believers. So, and in fact, the, there is a, what we call the, the Kira Ashazza. There's a rare recitation or version of the ayah. You know, when we, we always say, min anfusikum, It has come to your Prophet from amongst yourselves, from the Quraysh, from, you know, from the Arabs. But there is rare recitation or Kira Ashazza which reads, min anfasikum, From the most honorable or the most valued amongst you, right? So, Allah has actually chosen someone extremely, extremely special. And that's why he's known as the Sayyidul Anbiya or Imamul Anbiya or Mursaleen. The leader of the prophets. The leader of the prophets in the light, uh, night of uh, Mi'raj. He led the prayers, you know, as the Imam uh, to show the status. But the prophet never claimed it. Yeah, he was the least of people concerned with his, you know, his status. In fact, when he prays to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he always prays as the most humble person. And he always rejected any kind of special treatment for him, you know, because he wants his ummah, his followers, his believers to have those attributes, to only always care for the vulnerable, always care for the weak, always listen to those whose voices are not heard. You know, that that is the nature of the Prophet. There's so much for us to learn and, you know, to really improve on just simply by looking at the life of the Prophet Tea with Mufti is brought to you by Muslim SG a one-stop online media platform that aims to inspire and empower Singapore Muslims with bespoke Islamic religious content. Follow us on social media. You know, the, given the context in France, there are many acts that have been done in the name of freedom of speech or freedom of expression, for example. And these acts, Muslims find it often very offensive, such as cartoons or depictions of the Prophet. So you know, as Muslims who really love the Prophet, how should we respond to this? Yeah, we love the Prophet, mm-hmm. so we respond like how the Prophet would respond. That is the answer. There's no other answers. You know, we we don't respond because we're angry. The Prophet never allowed anyone to react when they're angry. You know, the companions, we, we know a lot of stories where companions were offended because the Prophet was treated badly. Some of them even took out their swords and the Prophet said, put it down, put it down. What are you doing? Don't react with emotions and anger. Today, unfortunately, yes, we are we are totally upset. We are disappointed because we love him, you know, at the core of our hearts. We love and we don't, we cannot accept that someone can just mock and insult him. Anyone you love, let alone, you know, the most special person in our lives, like the Prophet you won't allow people to mock and insult, right? But the bigger question for us is how do we respond? And we, it has to be how the Prophet responded. You know, in the Quran, I think Al-Bunatin, you must be very familiar that the Quran is full of references to the insults and the mocking to the Prophet himself. 
right? Especially in his early days of da'wah, they called him, you know, Shairun Majnoon. They called him names. He's mad. He's been possessed by the demons. He's this, he's that. What does Allah say? Allah will take care of that. Inna kafayna kal mustahzi'in. We will take care of those who mock and insult you. And Allah says, you know, Allah acknowledges. This acknowledgement is very important. In, in the same surah, at the end, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ يَضِيكُ صَدْرُكَ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ We know that your heart is um, crushed or you know, it's, it's made so tight because of what they say. Because the Prophet ﷺ hear things and he feels upset. But Allah says, but we'll take care of that. So for example, we read a lot of the surah in Surah Juzu Amma and Surah Duha. Duha was revealed, uh, scholars uh, dispute the details, but basically Duha was revealed because it was one of the early surahs, but there was a long period between the previous revelation and Duha. Of absence. Absence, yes, it was quiet. So the Prophet did not go out and say, I heard Allah told me this again, revealed to me. So people started to mock him. The people who were against him, anti, the, you know, they were against the Prophet ﷺ, did not accept him, said, oh, did your God forsake you? Where, where did he go now? You know, why is now silent? Uh, some said 12 days, some said 40 days. Why have you been quiet? Then Allah reveals, Never forsake you and he will never despise you. And all these uh, assurances that Allah gives to the Prophet, we will protect you from people, do your job, don't worry about their mocking and their insults. But apart from the fact that Allah protects the Prophet, the other very important thing is, it is also the Prophet's behavior, which, as I've said, is how the Prophet should react, that we must listen to very carefully and we must emulate. For example, you know, in uh, Maulid al-Diba'i, this is one of the very popular recitations of the Prophet's history uh, where they normally mention the Prophet's life and you know, his behaviours. That the Prophet ﷺ, in uziya ya'fu wa la yu'aqib wa in khusima yasmutu wa la yujawib. So in uziya, when he was hurt, right? Iza means whether it's verbal, whether it's physical. We know even physical abuse. They actually you know, uh, harassed him and abused him physically. In his early days, يَعْفُوا وَلَا يُعَقِبُ He will forgive. يَعْفُوا كَانَ يَعْفُوا عَمَّنْ ظَلَمَ وَيُعْطِي مَنْ قَدْ حَرَمَ He will always forgive those who do bad to him. That's the principle. And, and the Quran says this, Quran says, وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا That a bad, a bad deed, right? Something, or someone does bad. جَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا You can actually retaliate with the same kind of Act, or Act, yes, in order to, on, on the basis of justice. So you hurt me, I hurt you back. If the Quran had stopped there and said, So you do something bad, you can retaliate. Then people say, yeah, I can retaliate. The Quran didn't stop there. Quran could have stopped and said, no, no, fasting is compulsory obligation. You fast, I don't care. You are ill, be patient. You know, Quran doesn't do that. But those who forgive, not just forgive, Sablamatin, right? and reconcile and do good amend. and amend the bad deeds. Allah will guarantee the reward. It means that Allah will not tell you his 10 rewards, 100 rewards. He will make sure you get the, the best rewards. of what you deserve because you went a step towards the makarim al akhlaq the beauty of the character which the Prophet exemplified. And that is the life of the Prophet. Ya'fu wa la yu'aqib wa in 
خوص him and someone tries to have an argument with him yasmutu wala yujab quiet the prophet doesn't engage in that right and that's how allah taught the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so there's a very important element here that a if there are insults and there are mocking of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that according to the prophetic guidance and footsteps of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam If you truly love the Prophet, you truly want to defend him in the name of loving the Prophet ﷺ, you do as he did. Not you do based on your anger. Because you are defending him. You're not defending yourself. Unless you want to say that, no, I'm not happy that you are offending me. If you want to do whatever you want to do, that's, that's up to you. But if you want to defend the Prophet, do as he did. A, he would forgive. B, he would actually uh, seek you know, ways to amend relations. So if another example, I forgot this incident in Ta'if, you know, the children, children, not grown-ups, how greater the insult can be when young children who are usually innocent were told by the elders, take pebbles and stone and stone the prophet. And he bled, you know, in the early days of his uh, da'wah to mission to Ta'if. And what did he say? Allahumma hadikomi fa'innam la ya'lamun. And I hope and I pray. So please, you know, guide them because they don't know. And I hope that from their descendants, there will be people who follow my teachings to worship Allah. No retaliation. Of course, some people say, well, he was weak. Then what about Fatou Makkah? When they went back to re- regain the city of Mecca, um, he was not weak. Muslims were not weak. But the Prophet had an opportunity to exact revenge. Yantakim, he could have. Because he said, these are the people who bullied us, right? These are the people who actually attacked and persecuted and killed many of the early companions who followed me. Why don't we accept revenge now? He said, those who enter these homes and homes are all safe and many of them are forgiven. Go back. Go. You all are free. I'm not enslaving you. So, in moments of power, as in moments of weakness, the Prophet was consistent. Forgiveness. That's one. Now, the other very important dimension I've not heard this discussed a lot, but I'm also troubled by the fact that people don't look at it this way. When we hear that people then mock the person of the Prophet through caricatures, we, no one has seen the Prophet in terms of, you know, today you ask me, uh, we have descriptions of how the Prophet looks like in the Sirah, in the Shama'il, but we don't know how he looks like. So when you draw that this is the Prophet, he looks like this, it's not the Prophet. So what is it? It is a depiction of hate, of anger, of mistrust, of suspicion, of frustration with Muslims who represent the Prophet ﷺ. It is a mirror of us. It's not the mirror of the Prophet. It is the mirror of our failure, our immense failure to have done enough good things on our part to show the beauty of the Prophet. The insult is on us. I would argue that the insult is on us, not on the Prophet ﷺ. We are still very disturbed and disappointed by this. And therefore, our reaction has to be to change that. So if you actually look at all the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, the rahmah, the kindness, the politeness, the adab, the contribution, the goodness, helping society, helping the weak, helping the poor. If you have done all that, you would have removed all reasons for people to mock and insult you. Right? And even if they do, you can always tell them, we need to sit down and talk about this. This is not right. What you have done is not right. We are not like this. Something has gone wrong somewhere. 
This is the hikmah of dealing with very difficult challenges. And this is what Allah says again in the Quran. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ That the Prophet taught us the book. A lot of people talk about sunnah, you know, what's in the dalil, in the book, in the Quran hadith. The Prophet taught us hikmah as well. Wisdom. Wisdom. How do you understand God's laws and how do you understand God's teachings and how do you practice it in society? This is about the wisdom in dealing with very, very difficult challenges. Today, the example in France is a very difficult challenge. Will protesting solve the problem? Will boycotting solve the problem? Will violence solve the problem? My answer is no, none of them will solve the problem. Because the problem is not about freedoms and respect. The problem is about relationship. We have to change the way we relate between each other, Muslims and non-Muslims, and non-Muslims with Islam and Muslims. Alhamdulillah, we are very fortunate. We don't have the problem here in Singapore, where people feel that they can easily insult the Prophet ﷺ. Think, you know, this is a great blessing. We have to work on it, continue to work on it. But you look at the reactions when the teacher was killed because of discussing these caricatures or cartoons in class. You look at the reactions from increasing antagonism and increasing division and hate and suspicion. It will become a vicious cycle that hate will fit into hate and that kind of violence will lead to more violence. And that was never ever the Prophet's way of dealing with things. Oh, there is so much to summarize for in regards to that question. Hate is definitely not the answer. Definitely when you want to, to protect or even we don't even have the capacity to protect even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself will protect the Prophet Our part is to follow the Prophet's footsteps, his beautiful guidance and also to share his beautiful portrayal through our actions as well. Thank you so much Mufti. Let us continue to learn about the Prophet wasallam and continue to put his teachings towards our everyday lives. And with that, thank you so much, Mufti. I hope to see you again in the next episode. Inshallah. And with that, Assalamu Alaikum. That's it for this week's episode of Tea with Mufti. Do follow, share, and stay tuned for more episodes on our podcast channel. Assalamu Alaikum, and thank you for listening.